0: to go to their Sniper! I saw it in the and I
1: just couldn't resist it. Francie doesn't like coffee ice cream. Hi for those of you who just tuned in, everyone here is a crazy person. Are we having fun yet? <laughs> yes, yes. Yes. Thirty hellens agree. Never mind. Maybe the
0: dingo ate your baby. So cunning plan actually. Would you believe it? And you beautiful tropical fish. Don't mention the war. Clear eyes for hearts Hello and welcome to the Televerse Sound On Sites TV podcast. This is Kate Kulczyk and I'm joined as ever by Simon Howell. Simon, how's it going?
1: Uh, there's no time. I'm, I'm sure I've said this once before when... We thought it was dire, but it's really dire this week. We really have no time. We this really week. No have no time. Trees. No pleasantries. trees.
0: No pleasant trees. We will still be t- discussing a few of your comments, but I just F- right now I'm just skipping pretty much everything on Twitter. So I talked with a bunch of you guys on Twitter this week, and it was awesome, and I loved it. So keep it up. But there is there's literally no time uh we we did get some comments on the website i want to mention though andrea r.i.p not really wants to know if we've ever covered damages and is the newsroom more of a comedy because we keep putting it in the drama section because uh they think it's like a reverse sports night where when they think of it as a, as a comedy it's more successful to them thoughts on those two issues
1: uh i would say given the whole africa content i feel like that alone makes it slot into drama but I think, well, we're going to get to the newsroom later, but yes, I would agree that its attempts at comedy are maybe generally more consistently, actually, no, definitely more consistently good than its attempts at drama, definitely.
0: And I've never seen Damages. Have you seen any
1: Damages? I watched the first two seasons. The first season was great. The second season was disastrously boring. (laughs) Uh, Somehow, despite the addition of Timothy Olyphant and William Hurt and all kinds of great actors, Marcia Day Harden. Uh, Yeah, I don't know. That show is all over the map for me.
0: Okay, and I, I just kind of figure eventually someone will pick it for the DVD shelf, and I'll catch up with it then. Um, But yeah, I, I look forward to that time, because I do hear such great things about, of course, Glenn Close. We also heard from Listener, who says... Please don't review Sons of Anarchy if you haven't seen any episodes. You don't have to review it. Doing it any way to fill airspace makes it have no value at all. Like your show as long as it can maintain a certain level. Talking about reality shows doesn't really help because it has nothing to do with quality TV. End quote. First of all, thank you very much for listening. And thank you for giving us your your feedback. I, I did see three episodes of Sons of Anarchy. And if... If any network wants to send me DVDs with episodes of the, of their shows, I'm going to watch them and I'm going to review them because I'm very happy to receive screeners and it's the least I can do. It's like literally the least I can yeah, I can do. pretty much. It's
1: almost exactly the least. I
0: <laughs> and I we we've done we started doing this this last year, jumping in shows mid-series not ha- feeling like we have to start from the beginning and we did it with parenthood we did it with strike back um i did it with spartacus and then went back and caught up or actually no you did it with Star- spartacus and then caught up
1: yeah i did
0: um and some of these sh- and we definitely did it with southland and some of these shows it's worked really well and we've actually had a pretty high hit to miss ratio with that and so i feel justified in in you know starting at the beginning of a new season new seasons of shows Season premieres, part of their job is to try to bring in a new audience that may not have seen the rest of the series. Otherwise, you're cutting off just such you know millions, most of your potential viewers. So I think that's a completely legitimate way to review a show. Um, but I understand if you disagree, and that's fine. We won't be touching on Sons of Anarchy very much this season. You don't plan to watch it? No. No? And, uh, and I will be surprised if I dip in very frequently but that's why I reviewed it and I'm doing the same thing with Boardwalk Empire this week I'm review- this year I'm reviewing it every week and I haven't seen it before and it's just a different perspective um, but feel free to skip those reviews too if you don't like that notion that that method of reviewing things also reality show absolutely can be quality TV that's, that's I mean I don't want to offend you listener uh, but I, I think that's kind of bullshit <laughs> I think reality TV can be great just a lot of it isn't.
1: <laughs> yeah, well I mean it's uh we can argue about whether or not the ratios may stay the same in rea- reality versus unreality. Mm-hmm. Uh is is that where we are now? But yeah, I mean it's like anything else. It's got it's you know, it's 95% awful and 5% good, like like with every other art form ever.
0: Well, and obviously, I always related to music. There are so many different genres of music. I think every genre of music has the potential to be great. That doesn't mean that there aren't certain genres that speak more to me that I tend to like better. But I will listen to great classical music, great modern atonal craziness, great country, rap, reggae, soul, pop, great anything. A genre of music or any really any kind of art is not always good or always bad. So so we'll have to agree to disagree there. But again, thank you very much for listening. And uh, I hope we haven't scared you away. (laughs) Um, We also heard from Carl, who sent us an email. Worn out before the race even starts. Kate and Simon, how much does it hurt the fall TV season that there has been so much good stuff to watch over the summer? I still need to catch up on the bridge, newsroom, moonboy, broadchurch, haven, suits, and my self-imposed summer watching of Rubicon. I normally would be excited for Sons of Anarchy and other fall premieres, but I was almost annoyed that another thing had been added to my list. I know this is totally hashtag TV geek problems, but I do wonder if it takes away from the event that the fall used to be. Also, Breaking Bad gets my full attention on the TV apocalypse. The other shows can tread lightly as my DVR will take care of them. What do you think?
1: Well, I think it's certainly true that I mean, how many, we're, we're going to get to the fall preview later, but like how many shows would we actually qualify as good out of that, spoiler alert? Three? Like, t- I was going to say like two.
0: <laughs> there's a difference between promising or has potential and good. Actively and good
1: from the jump, yeah.
0: Actively good from the jump, there's like maybe two comedies and two dramas. Maybe three but uh, that doesn't mean that it's not worth jumping in. And that that's just the new shows as opposed to the shows that are coming back that are returning. But, yeah, of I, course, I, yeah, I totally hear what you're saying, Carl. And I think the fall is less of an event than it used to be, at least for us. I think for a lot of viewers, they don't necessarily have cable. They don't watch all the stuff we do. So the the fall premiere weeks are still a big deal. But for... The kind of people who are listening to a TV podcast like the Delivers, I would probably say a lot of people are in the same camp as you on that, Carl. Yeah,
1: we definitely got spoiled this summer.
0: Definitely. well oh, and this, this winter, this past, like, January, February, March, it was crazy good. Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see if the fall can live up to it. Uh, we did ask you about the TV apocalypse and your plans. Shannon has a five-tuner direct D- TV receiver and will be recording the West Coast feeds of the premium cable. Shannon is on the ball. Uh, Beth is watching eight shows that night and she's scared, so she's going to start planning now. Mario is going for the Amazing Race and Breaking Bad with everything else on time delay, and there better not be football on CBS, Mario. I'm pretty sure there's going to be. And uh, I hadn't even thought of that until he mentioned it. So, oh, goodness. We also heard from Keith about the Get Smart segment from a couple weeks back. Glad you enjoyed that, Keith. And uh, just to all the wonderful people that that we just kind of... There was like sort of a, a listener and critic powwow about Breaking Bad on Twitter on Sunday night. And it was amazing. As well as, of course, add sound on site in our comment section for both the recap that I do and the review that you do. So it was lots of great uh, feedback and comments and back and forth uh, this week on twitter on facebook on all these different places and i loved talking with you guys so please i, I join me next week for the the breaking bed you know craziness that i'm sure will be coming we are spotlighting breaking bed this week
1: <laughs> what a surprise
0: shock and astonishment right yeah. <laughs> But uh, that'll be coming later in the show.
1: It's quite possibly the longest spotlight ever.
0: Uh, Yeah, so it's it's a long one this week, guys, and because it's a long one, and because we also have our fall TV preview at the end, we're kind of gonna just kind of zoom through our week in TV. So let's take a break right now. Get right away to our week in comedy and our week in reality. and it shines within the darkness of the sands of time. The sands of time. There's a fight.
1: But the battle to be won is with the man inside. The man inside. Flying high to the limit of the world and how I touch the sky. The sky. Like a dream. It's a rare form of male pattern boldness. What's exactly as it seems in the river my belief.
0: The power of that was There's a Light, which is the song, I would assume, sung by Key and Peele in, as the background music for their season three promo. This Week in Comedy, we will be previewing Season 3 of Key and Peel as well as talking about The Heart She Holler and uh, their first their return, Season 2. Of course, Always Sunny and The League, Children's Hospital and NTSF, SDSUV as well. But first, let's kick things off with Key and Peel. We've both seen the first two episodes. It's coming back this coming Wednesday, the 18th. And I love Key and Peele.
1: <laughs> it's very nice to have them back. I mean, the, the thing is if you've seen that like sizzle reel or trailer for the third season, you're probably going to be pretty stoked because I think that the, the, the pivot point this season seems to be that they seem to have a better sense of the stuff that everyone knows they want to see more of and see sequel sketches too. And it, and it could be tiresome except they tend to be really good at it. And I, I like that they're the way they're just developing their universe this year. I mean, we, even in just these first two episodes we get, you know, well, I won't, spoil all the returnings but for instance the way they've expanded the whole east west football rivalry i think has just been brilliant
0: yeah and what they have a good ratio of returning favorites with completely fresh ideas and that's very important in a season two season three of a show like this a lot of sketches like this end up running some of these guys into the ground they're they're returning characters and that's not happening here in season three of Key and Peel, at least the episodes that we've seen, so you know, like you said, the East and West thing, which I everybody else seems to like more than i did uh but the the way they go with it in the that's in the premieres of the, the sec- second episode the way they go with it is, is different and fun. The way they go with the uh the substitute teacher is different and fun, and you know so they they, they have a good sense of what elements need to remain and what elements need to be freshened up. Mm -hmm. and also some of their new sketches are the funniest ones there if you've seen the trailer there's a certain movie parody that you know is coming and it exploded my brain with awesome
1: (laughs) and it's in the it's in the premiere and it's It's pretty damn great
0: it's awesome uh We'll talk about it more next week because I don't want to spoil it for anyone. And even just the lead-ups to several of these sketches were hilarious for, for me. The the discussion leading into that parody sketch, I also I also thought was great. And that that happens in a couple different cases in, in these first two episodes. I must have like that particular sketch. I th- I rewound and watched it again, and I had belly laughs several times in these two episodes. That just doesn't happen a lot of most comedies right now.
1: No. And you should know. <laughs>
0: yeah. Not even just the new ones though, but you know, like, like In general, like, yeah. In general. Like I've seen the first episode of Parks and Rec for the season. It's a double episode, and it's really great. I really enjoyed it. But it's not belly laughs because they're they're doing going for a different kind of thing at this point in Parks and Rec Run. So having just like the 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 opening sketch for season for episode two, this uh the, this season of Key and Peele, I at the end I did not see the end coming and I thought it was awesome, and you know there, there's some fun little surprises. And I also have to mention, I feel like. I'm. I know this isn't the case. Obviously, I'm not egotistical enough to think this is actually the case. But there is one sketch in the second episode that I feel like was a personal shout out to me from the director. Because <laughs> we mentioned, I, 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 Twittered at the director last year about one particular thing they did that I absolutely loved, and they brought it back, and I didn't expect it, and they brought it back in a completely different sketch, just detail, and I just went. Big, smiley, stupid, happy grin on my face because I loved it so much.
1: I think you could take credit for that, whether or not it's actually true.
0: Yeah. it's a, a specific thing. Can I say? It's not a spoiler, right? No. Opera shows up at some point. I'm incredibly glad to have to have Key and Peele back and to be able to have seen it early so I can tell everybody yes. else to watch it
1: and to have them doing your bidding.
0: Oh, clearly that's what totally was going to happen, right? More yeah. opera next next season. We don't I you know I don't expect every week to have opera, but you know if there's one per season, that'll keep me a very happy listener because I I I'm pretty sure they listened to the review last season. So, if you guys are out there, if you're listening keen peel writers, directors, whatever, we love the show. Please keep it up. It's been wonderful.
1: Mm-hmm. Definitely.
0: Slightly different comedically is The Heart She Holler which you watched season one of and I watched, uh, I, I did not watch season one but I jumped in for the first couple episodes of season two. It's on Adult Swim. I watched episode one, Began the Beginning and uh and uh, episode two, Proper Dental Care is Murder. Uh, how many episodes did you watch? Four of them aired this week.
1: Uh, I, I watched the same two as you and I, I don't think I actually caught all of the first season but I definitely caught a chunk of it and man, I'm really glad this show exists. <laughs> you know, I don't know if its creator should be in jail or not, but I, I'm 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 very glad it exists. In in all seriousness, you know, you watch something like uh, Children's Hospital or NTSF, and they're kind of out there, but not so much. I mean, I feel like you can you kind of know at this point that the, the, especially the NTSF formula, to some degree, the Children's formula, they're eccentric, but they're but they're you know they're. You can jump in anytime mm-hmm. and you won't be too weirded out. And I feel like the Harchie Holler is sort of Adult Swim saying, no, we can still freak you the hell out.
0: Yeah, if Squidbillies is too accessible accessible to you, too straightforward, if... What's it called? An aqua TV show show?
1: <laughs> Whatever they're calling it now.
0: If that just makes too much sense, here's the Harchie Holler. And it's just this combination... I don't even know how to describe it. There's There's comedy in there. There's horror... There's just weirdness.
1: Yeah, and I mean, and, and it's also a chance for people, and I, I feel like everything I just said about Adult Swim is also e- e- equally applicable to Patton Oswalt, who stars mm-hmm. in, the, in the series. And I feel like he's been getting more mainstream kudos over the last couple of years, and here he gets to get his weird on <laughs> uh, for 11 minutes at a time in a major way.
0: Yeah, I feel like I should specify, though, I have no interest in watching more of this. <laughs> it is not for me. It was very strange and weird and and disturbing, and I didn't actually laugh while I was watching it. It was more like a mouth agape, kind of. But like you said, it does kind of make me happy that this kind of stuff exists. And I'm sure there's a very small audience out there who love this. But, you know, you have something like Key and Peele. We'll talk about Always Sunny and The League later. And, of course, with the starting up of the, of the network sitcoms... Just, I love that there's such a huge, wide range of comedy on television right now. That if you want to watch mainstream, you know, families getting it, get getting through thick times and thin in 22 minutes, you can. And if you want to watch batshit crazy. Carrie reference, eating people in like setting the gas stove to suicide and climbing in, <laughs> <laughs> you, uh. you know, there's the heart. She holler.
1: Yeah. The, the closing seconds of that first episode are one of the most horrific things. I, I, again, if, if you've been, I'm sure I've said this about other things, but if you can get through that, Kate, you can get through American horror story. You
0: say that, but this is 11 <laughs> minutes. We'll see. I'm, I'm going to give it the old college try yeah. uh, for, for coven but uh anyways we probably we had to mention it just because it's so weird
1: (laughs) yeah i just yeah i wanted to quickly give a shout out to vernon chapman who uh he and the pfr people are are the the creators and i'm i'm shocked and amazed that they still get to make stuff especially after xavier renegade angel which is (laughs) quite possibly the most bizarre television series ever made even more so than the heart Holler. If you can believe it, that is
0: intriguing. Yeah,
1: we'll we'll get to it someday. Someday in, in a very distant future, when we're really desperate for di- for DVD shelves. <laughs>
0: <laughs> now, is this does this take the cake as now the craziest thing we have talked about on the Televerse, or does that still go to Charlie Jade? Uh,
1: they're crazy in totally different ways, but it's certainly the most one of the most distressing.
0: Okay, fair enough. Um, Distressing in a far more mainstream, just on the spectrum kind of way, is always sunny, and uh, we had this week Gun Fever 2 still hot. That's a T-O-O there. Uh, What did you think of this episode? Were you glad to have them re-examine guns, or was it not as successful for you?
1: I couldn't really remember the last time they examined guns, although I do always really enjoy their especially when DeVito does it, the gag of whipping out the guns incredibly fast. <laughs> uh, that never doesn't get a chuckle out of me. I was distracted in this episode by its insane South Parkiness. Is that just me? Like, it it seemed like, let's take on a, let, you know, let's very specifically take on a single social issue and send it up from every possible side, and then at the end go a third way that makes our characters just seem foolish.
0: Yeah, this, I mean, the first episode was, of course, Gun Fever, and uh, I, 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 maybe because I remember it far more distinctly than it sounds like you do. This one, this episode wasn't as successful to me because it was just, you know, I wonder what's gonna happen. Do we think the two sides are gonna change opinions? And uh, it was a little on the nose for me. But but each of the, the little different moments were so successful that you know that it still was an enjoyable you know half hour of television. And I, I hadn't no- noticed or thought of the South Park connection. But as soon as you say that, that does make sense. For for me, like that, you know, I, I totally see what you're saying, and yeah, there even just the way it's you know structured with cutting yeah. between these different you know these different areas, it did feel now that you say that a little South Parky, and that's not a bad thing.
1: No, as a result, it didn't feel like classic excited to me, but it was still pretty good, not as yeah. good as last week, and apparently not as good as next week, but yeah, quite good.
0: I've probably already overhyped next week, so let's just bring down the expectations a little bit, but it's it's awesome. Uh, So look forward to next week. The gang tries desperately to win an award. Um, And I also love that it's the first episode airing after the Emmys, too. Oh, I'm sure
1: they planned it that way.
0: It's pretty great. Um, With this episode, I also wanted to mention Dave Foley. Nice to have him back. Uh, Yes. And and it it, it would be nice if we kind of checked in with him every season or two. That would be fun, as far as I'm concerned. Also, the League, the Van Nauzik wedding. Thoughts?
1: Uh, I I didn't get to the you league. You didn't get
0: to the league. Okay. No. Well, I, I it's nice to have the Andre and I don't even remember her name. Already I don't remember her name. Uh, Gina Mays' character completely uh, dissolved. I would assume we're just going to be back to Andre as single. Uh, and as much as I've enjoyed Gina Mays in the show, I, I don't think I'll necessarily miss her. I I think it's nice to have some of these different arcs for the characters. I you know, I like that, and I hope we get more... Um, but I don't necessarily need to see like that. That joke didn't feel like it had a lot of depth um, of of Andre as part of this couple. I felt like they had kind of explored that. And so I'm I'm glad to have it back, you know, to the original dynamic. And uh, I look forward to seeing what they do with those various characters next. But I thought on a whole, it was the two part premiere last week and this week worked really well. And I haven't seen the third episode, so I look forward to seeing what comes next. Children's Hospital was, spoiler alert, Owen gets a perm, and ntsf SDSGV was Unfrozen Agent Man. Now, I know they're probably going for an, a secret Agent Man reference there, but I just immediately go to Unfrozen Caveman Lawyer with that Uh, because that's one of my favorite SNL sketches of all time. Uh, Between these two episodes, we always kind of end up doing this. Which do you think wins, Children's or NTSF this week? Oh,
1: Children's easily takes it again this week. I think that's the third week in a row. Come on, NTSF, step up your game. It didn't help that we had no Karen Gillan this week, which was confusing. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, yeah, I thought Children's was just great throughout i mean the the running gag with the perm was just too good it
0: was awesome and I, I loved when they actually brought in michael winslow as michael winslow to do the sound effects that was just delightful um yeah i, I would agree children's you know trump's mts ntsf i did enjoy ntsf and um uh was it brett Gelman? i always enjoy yeah. him uh, i do kind of miss Eagleheart. i didn't think i would ever say that <laughs> but uh <laughs> it was fun to see him pop up and uh uh, but, but yeah, definitely, I, I would give it to, to spoiler alert, Owen gets a perm.
1: Yeah, definitely. If nothing else, at least the best episode title of the week.
0: Yeah. Um. Now let's go to our week in reality. We're just gonna kind of put it in here with the comedies, because our week in reality is So You Think You Can Dance, and the result show. Uh. The, the final, the, the finale. What did you think of the winners, as, but as well as the rest of the show?
1: First of all, I called the winners. You did so. call the
0: winners. Well done.
1: So, tip of the hat to myself. Uh. It's that would be tricky to do. Anyway, um, yeah, other than that, it wasn't. It, it was pleasant. I mean, it, it's nice to have uh, a last episode that's just kind of a bash, mm-hmm. uh, and they know it, and the judges just sit around and get dressed up, and it's too bad that they should have had cocktails. Yeah, um, that would have been nice. But uh, and yeah, it, 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 and some of it was predictable. Like, yeah, I, I probably really should have seen Twitch ripping off his suit to have dancewear underneath coming. Yeah, uh, but. Uh, and, you know, and also, you know, some of it was just so blatant in terms of tie ins and stuff like the the B-Boy group number, but it was so good that I didn't care.
0: Yeah, the number was great. Uh, but sitting through that commercial was just painful. And then watching, you know, them shill for it, it was like, yeah, the 3D was great. I really liked this. Yeah, they were coming towards me. Everything was dancing. It was like, oh my god, guys, you are not actors. Uh, You're dancers, not actors. Uh, but 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 yeah, that that number was so fantastic. How, how did he keep spinning at the end? He just like because I was like trying to like with physics, I was trying to figure it out and I couldn't. It was really great. There was you know the the numbers that they did were really cool. I was glad that they brought back the the uh, the beatbox guys who tried out but didn't get in. What yeah. was their name again? Motion uh, box or something.
1: Uh, something machine I don't know. <laughs> uh, box machine uh, but anyway yeah they were great uh, beat motion I don't know but they were great um, the repeat performances for the most part didn't strike me as being that interesting mm-hmm. uh, like a couple like honestly all I really noticed was that uh, Jasmine H seemed to be having a lot more fun than she usually does probably because the pressure was more or less off mm-hmm. um, so I noticed that and it was fun to see the bellhop number again but other than that, I kind of felt like, yeah.
0: I, I thought really Aaron got the short end of the stick this week in, in this finale because the tap number that they had him do was the, was stupid uh, aside from, I, I mean, I really don't like that tap number. And all the other finalists were given, as a judge's choice, were given one of their best numbers, and he was given that one. And I was like, oh, yeah. come on. Uh I, I would have liked to see, really, the bellhop number, yes, it's very cute and everything, but there are you know, of the various fiction and Amy numbers, it's one of the least favorite. I would rather see the dinner or I would rather see the waltz or, you know, there are several other ones I would have rather gone with. And, uh, yeah, I I thought it was interesting seeing who was better the first time through and who was better the second time through. Like the Broadway number with um w- with Haley and Nico was better the first time, but the, mm-hmm. the number with I thought uh Aaron and, and Catherine was even better this time. I thought it was beautiful. So and more than anything, season eleven. Yay! Yeah, that's
1: that's gonna be a thing. So good for them. And hey, it's it's all right, AA Ron. <laughs> You'll find more work.
0: (laughs) Totally. Uh yeah. I look forward to seeing, you know, what they what new things to come up with next season and who returns as an all star. It was fun. But uh shall we take a break now and go to our dramas? Yes. That was It Had to Be You, which was featured in the opening of this week's episode of Boardwalk Empire. This week we had The Bridge and Broadchurch, but because there's a bit of a time crunch, any one sentence on either of those?
1: The Bridge continued to be very frustrating. I haven't gotten to Broadchurch yet.
0: Yeah, The Bridge, solid but not amazing. And Broadchurch, the stuff with the computer better live up that's all i'll say the kid was very good but the stuff with the computer has to live up to this hype and you can find out what that means and we'll talk about it next week simon uh let's all kick right. things off with the newsroom finale election night part two this felt like a serious finale didn't it
1: uh it kind of yeah it actually did although it's not apparently probably i don't know uh but it was not good uh, i didn't think at really at all um, the, first of all, I totally called the Dawn thing, which I don't feel proud about at all, um, cause it was just way too obvious and they just went for it in the most obvious way possible. But it remember when the show was actually really good for like a two or three episode stretch? Like that already feels like a long time ago. Cause these last couple episodes did almost nothing for me. Uh, just especially the, um, the, the, the way they continue to have Sloan just be ridiculous on air. And I didn't, and trying to make hay out of we're going to resign for like three episodes was such a dumb idea.
0: And then taking it back. Ugh.
1: Yeah, for just arbitrarily.
0: Yeah, C- because oh. they were almost out of time.
1: Yeah. I did enjoy just-
0: Christmasina, though. In in uh, the episode, I, I've I, I've been enjoying contrasting like seeing the similarities but also differences in his performance here as well as uh, as Danny on Mindy Project. Of course, the first episode of Mindy Project is already up online. If people want to check it out at, at at Fox's website, so I did actually enjoy him this week.
1: Yeah, he's fine. I mean, he basically shows up to say, ah, fuck it, at the end. <laughs> Uh, but, yeah, just so many. And I don't care about Maggie. I'm sorry. I just really mm-hmm. don't. I care uh, more about like, the
0: friend, actually. <laughs>
1: did it really take everyone, like, six episodes or whatever to figure out she cut her own hair? Could you not just look yeah. at the hair? I mean, really? it makes sense
0: that Jim is an idiot and doesn't notice um, and has to be prompted. But but really, her her roommate should have noticed that and, you know... I guess they did seed earlier in the season that Maggie and I don't even remember the roommate's friend, like Maggie makes sure she comes home after the friend's already asleep. Like, so they are never seeing each other, I guess. But um it still was a little it's Lisa, isn't it? Yeah, it, it was yeah. a little, you know, too contrived. And I don't know. I'm just glad that they have the Will and Max stuff out of the way so that if the show does come back, we don't have to struggle through that anymore.
1: <laughs> yeah. We'll struggle they'll find new things for us to struggle through, yes,, yeah, uh, and hey, maybe next season they'll decide they're gonna start with it being contemporaneous, and we don't have to do i i I'm hoping that next season we're gonna be done with this, but the whole issue of uh of weighing which story we're going to take and being all high roady about it when they're talking about uh you mm-hmm. know do we do Petraeus or do we do what was the other story um
0: something about uh the the all oh yeah, Todd Aiken. D- delightful, yeah, yeah misogyny yeah, uh, going on at that point. Yeah, yeah, it's just again, like
1: I, I, I'm hoping it, we're closing the book on on that sort of stuff because it's so everything, like everything about this episode was right back to the newsroom's worst, like highfalutin, just preachy, holier than thou. I, oh, God, it's just so and, irritating.
0: And yet, I was still excited to watch it. So they're clearly doing something right, because I was like, "Ooh, yay!" Obviously, this was the night of Breaking Bad amazingness. So that one Sunday, but on Monday, I was like, "Oh yeah, that's right. There's an episode of Newsroom."
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That was kind of fading for me by the end. You know, as much as there mm. are, you know, there's always like a couple of chuckle-worthy moments. And I, as we said before, it clearly working better as comedy than drama right now. Mm. Uh, but yeah, it just it still does anger me though.
0: Working better as drama, but with some good comedy, is Strike Back, Shadow Warfare, and you're caught up, or caught up-ish, at this point. Uh, did we want to talk briefly about last last week? They killed Rachel!
1: Yeah, I was not expecting that, although apparently some fans were.
0: Oh, yeah, well, I mean, when you watch the episode, it makes sense, but I also was not expecting them to kill DeGray Scott, because he was at Comic-Con, and so I just figured that meant he was like a season-long villain.
1: Yeah, and he was in what, like three episodes? Yeah,
0: so... <laughs> Nope.
1: Yeah, I was not expecting that either, and especially he was just chewing is not what he was doing to that scenery.
0: Yeah, it's Uh, even he like unhinged his jaw, and just yeah, and it was a lot of fun too. I really enjoyed him on, on the show actually, but I did not think they were gonna kill. Rona Mitra off in the middle of the season. Somebody actually specifically said that at Comic Con. Make sure you, you better not k- kill off Rona Mitra because she wasn't at the panel. Uh, right. and, and you they're know, all a- like, eh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do we want to talk about this week? It's it's nice to have them in a different part of the world for this yes. this next chunk. Do you think they're gonna continue to build up the the a relationship between Martinez and the British one?
1: Well, until they kill one of them, sure. Yeah. Uh, well, I suppose they're not going to kill the wh- either one of the two main lads, but because it kind of feels like they're off limits. But I think I'm sure it must be very nice for them to have white villains, uh, for a change and not be in the Middle East where they seem to spend a whole lot of time. My main question for this episode actually isn't part of the episode. Is the real IRA a thing?
0: I I don't know. Let or is us it know. Something listeners. they made up. I I I, yeah.
1: I I didn't care enough to wiki it, but I was definitely curious.
0: Well, I we'll I guess we'll see what they do with it in the next few weeks. How long is it going to be before they figure out the mole? I figured they were gonna this week because of, you know, the, it was too close.
1: Yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's yeah, it's, it's the rare thing on Strike Back that takes longer than you would think to happen.
0: Yeah. But still, I'm really enjoying these episodes.
1: I do appreciate that Strike Back isn't quite mindless. Mm-hmm. Like, it's It's almost mindless, but then every once in a while you'll get a little bit of character, you'll get a little bit of thought. Uh, I especially liked as much as they goosed it a little bit. I did like Doug Ray Scott's final moments and his Mm -hmm. his thoughts on his predicament. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I appreciate things like that and that it's not totally there is actually a little teensy bit of subtext or at least text. (laughs) So, you know, they do they do more with it than they than they absolutely have to.
0: Yeah. Uh, Let's move on to our final show in our weekend drama. And that's Boardwalk Empire Resignation. Jeffrey Wright.
1: Jeffrey Wright, man. He's he keeps this episode afloat for sure.
0: I know he's a new character. He was featured heavily in some of the different ads, but also the promo pictures that they were released for this season of Borobug of Empire. So it's was kind of waiting for him to show up, and he did not disappoint this is a cast full of very, very talented people. Talented actors who have been amazing in uh, many other things. Also, apparently, on this show, I just haven't seen them yet. And Michael Shannon, you know, watching this, he is electric. And Jack Houston is fantastic as well. But then Jeffrey Wright comes on screen and just like, oh! Yeah, definitely. He demands your eyes. He's so good.
1: Yeah, he, uh, he had me thinking about what if he'd been cast as Brother Muzone.
0: Oh, man. Ooh. Ooh, I mean, I like that that actor in in uh, in The Wire too. I think he does a great job. But yeah, just, he's so still, and I, I really like what he's doing with his vocal work as well. And um, no, I I am very interested in what's coming next on Portman yeah, Empire. Now, it, in a way, I was not after the after the premiere. Yeah,
1: especially whenever he and Michael Kenneth Williams get to share a scene, it's like, oh, damn.
0: Yeah, and he's it just he's, got real. He's making Bissemi better too. The scenes mm-hmm. with Bissemi and him are way more interesting than the scenes with Bissemi and anybody else. So we'll see what happens. I did not miss Jillian as much as I did like her last week. I didn't miss her. I didn't miss the other characters that we didn't see. Um so how they balance these various, you know, more successful and less successful characters will be interesting. I know Borba Empire tends to just drop people for multiple episodes, right?
1: Uh yeah. You 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 may not see Mike Michael Shannon for instance especially for an episode or two. Unless they decide they seem to be toying with bringing him into the fold a little bit more than he was for the entirety of the last, <laughs> rest of the show pretty much. Uh but we'll see if that actually happens.
0: Any final thoughts on Boardwalk Empire or shall we get to Breaking Bad?
1: Let's do it.
0: Okay, we'll take a break listen to some music and come back with our spotlight on Breaking Bad, Ozymandias. <laughs>
1: Getting hard, boys Money's getting scarce Times don't get no better, boys
0: Gonna leave this place Take my
1: true love by her hand Lead her
0: through the town
1: Say goodbye to
0: everyone Goodbye to everyone That was Take My True Love by the Hand by the Limelighters, featured oh so hilariously in this episode of Breaking Bad. Walt rolling his barrel of money. Little on the the nose. His one true love. His one true love. And, of course, the episode is Ozymandias, Ozymandias, which, uh, what do you think? Uh, Let's just
1: call him Ozzy.
0: Ozzy? That works. I'm curious what your experience was watching Breaking Bad, because, of course, I was watching it live, but you were at work. And so I was watching it live, and... After a while, I did shut uh, close off Twitter. There was a, there was more Twitter talk than normal, but it was very much a oh my god, uh, you know, like kind of groupthink throughout the episode. You had to come back and you know have seen. You must have noticed like the ridiculous amount of chatter, even if you're trying to avoid it.
1: No, no, no. I stay off Twitter. I stay off Facebook. I stay off everything. I'll talk to you because I'm relatively sure you're not going to, you know, spoil it for me. But I stay off everything until I just I don't want to take any chances with Breaking Bad. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it turned out to be the right call because this was probably a top, at least a top 10 episode of the the series. Like
0: a top five, top three.
1: I I have to think about. Well, I mean, there's still two more episodes to come. Let's not forget. Uh, Certainly one of the great breaking bad episodes uh certainly the best of this season i think is safe to say ah where do we start uh let's start let's go chronologically so we open with that cold open which Mm -hmm. was a distant flashback i'm sure we've seen some of that footage before
0: they refilmed it and you can tell because the aprons are the wrong color (laughs) really yeah yeah because it's of course it's that same cook from the pilot Right, and in the pilot, they're wearing green aprons. The Walt shirt is a slightly brighter, kind of jewel-toned kind of green, as opposed to what we see here. So this was completely new footage. It was apparently the last thing, the very last thing filmed for all really? of Breaking Bad. Yeah, Ryan Johnson, who of course directed this episode, has been putting some pictures up on Twitter of the filming, uh, you know, from from that last day. And so it was really it just sort of made me happy to know that this flashback to the pilot. Basically, timeline at least was was the last thing that they filmed. Um, Yeah, yeah, it was pretty great.
1: Certainly less intense than other things they could have chosen. Yeah, and more, 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 relatively more cheerful. Uh, But yeah, when we get that cold open, I think the most notable thing about it for me was actually getting those scenes of Skylar just being, you know, pre shitstorm housewife Skylar, Mm -hmm. which was really, really sad.
0: Well, and I think it also showed it was such an important decision, I think. And this was of course, written by Moira Wally Beckett, who did a fantastic job with her script here. But to open with the flashback and to show the dynamic between Walt and Jesse was very important. But for me, even more important is the paralleling of those two phone calls from Walt to Skylar at the beginning and then at the end, even down to the costuming Walt uh, in... in the The first scene, um, obviously Walt's wearing something very similar to what he wore in the pilot, but Skylar's in a white shirt with a bright blue sort of uh, layer on top of it. And then later in the episode, of course, we see her wearing a white sweater with the royal blue at the very edge of the sleeves in, in her decision to stand up. Uh, t- t- against him and kick him out of the house, so we see it's a callback visually to that, who she was before. Finally, she's not in the pure beige and white. She, either, just a little touch of blue calling back to that opening scene, her t- attempting to get back to where she had been. I think it was so important to show the progression of Skylar, to have it sort of slammed in your face. This is where she was, this is where she is now, and uh, can she ever get back to there? And No.
1: No, she can't. Uh, But well, we have to get to that other phone call later, but we're going chronologically, so that's not going to happen. Uh, <laughs> good analysis there on clothes, things I never noticed. But, of course, after that, we finally get back to the desert, and I feel a little bit vindicated because I said last week, there's no way in hell we're going to open the episode with those guys just dead in the desert, no fanfare.
0: Yeah, well, you're half right.
1: I was totally right. Well, Gomi, yeah, we don't yeah. really care that much about Gomi, I'm okay, sorry. Okay,
0: I gotta say, though, because... I, watching the episode, obviously, is I would agree with you. It's an amazing episode, top three ever, one of the best ever, if not the best ever so far, and definitely one of the best episodes of television. I would say, certainly of the year, probably of all time. But I still had some problems with that open with that scene because their their jump from where we were at at the end of last episode to the start of this. To him getting shot a, in
1: the leg. Yeah, to him it's getting very
0: conveniently shot in the leg and hiding behind the car while. Go- gomez is just dead like not even like drift you know falling away from consciousness and slowly no just dead dead was way too convenient and didn't make any sense like they <laughs> they needed to have, they needed to have shot and staged the end of last week's episode differently if they wanted this to not feel like a complete terrible cheat
1: yeah i mean it didn't strike me as that terrible a cheat
0: Oh come cheat. on! It's
1: definitely a cheat. Don't get me wrong.
0: Gomez is riddled with bullet, bullet holes, and 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 Hank has one. In like, yeah. the- well, I mean,
1: I guess I would care more if it weren't for the outcome. It's like if, if they yeah. were gonna use a situation like that to get someone off in that scene and have them run out, win, limp away into the sunset, mm-hmm. then I would care. But. You know, it's really just so that Hank can not be dead and can say some stuff.
0: They should have shown Gomez die last week then, I think. Yeah,
1: maybe. I don't know. Uh, I I still
0: have some problems with it. I have have problems with another moment in that scene, which I'm sure we'll get to. Because nobody else does that I've talked to. So that should be fun. Um, But yeah, I mean, that dialogue, they're so wonderful and such a great, uh, great final moment for Hank. And yes, absolutely. You were 100% right. You were vindicated.
1: Yes, Finally. I got something not wrong. Yeah, I I, I especially loved Hank. uh, You know, Walt tries so hard to show Hank that he's in some way compassionate, and Hank is just not having it at all (laughs) for a moment. Yeah. And uh, my favorite bit of that was him correcting. No, my name is not. Well, he doesn't say my name is on Hank, but he said my No, I'm A.S.A. Schrader. Mm
0: -hmm. ASEC. And, uh, yeah, just the... It, just the lack of awareness of of Walt throughout that scene is is phenomenal. He's just so incredibly talented at self delusion, and we see mm-hmm. that throughout the episode. But not only from his just complete misread of Jack several times throughout yes. their relationship, but also just his uh, his reaction to Hank. Walt should know Hank will never let this go. Right? H- yeah. H- Hank wasn't gonna ever let it go before they slaughtered his best friend. So yeah. You know, even just asking that of of Hank shows just the desperation of Walt and his ridiculous ability to shield himself from the reality of any situation.
1: Yeah, it, it really is something. And I have to say, like Dean Norris did, you know, got one last chance to play the hell out of a scene. And,
0: mm-hmm. and boy, did, did
1: he it. ever. He was, you know, you know, that great mix of defiance, but also like not. But he doesn't hide the fact that it sucks yeah it's like it's like he looks defeated and defied at the same time which is kind of tricky
0: yeah well and just the the way that i mean i think brian johnson did a fantastic job in this episode his i would say it's one of the best directed things by him that i've ever seen and i've seen all of his films and a lot of his work and the the continual cutting back to hank to watch sort of his continual processing Of what was happening, you could. I felt like I could see him thinking, "Okay, well, the last conversation I had with Marie was really great. At least there's that. This is what's going on. Gomez is already dead. There's no way I'm getting out of this." And you could sort of see him processing all that, while, but without it dissolving into like tears or you know bitterness or you know, it, it was just so true to character. And and you could easily have left him in the background of that and had his reaction. You know, because he's not talking, because it's we already know pretty much what he's thinking. But to the way that he cut back, how frequently and how long he held each of the shots, Johnson. That is, I, I really appreciated uh, the way that that scene was constructed.
1: Yeah, it's always tricky to know whether to credit the director or the editor for things yeah, like that. Yeah, that's but. true.
0: Very important point. Uh,
1: but yes, he did a good job, and so much less stylized than something like Fly. But uh, still very effective. I, th- there were some little touches here and there that no other director on the show has employed or would employ, like especially late in the episode, that pan to the firehouse. Mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't see another director doing that. Uh, or a, a couple other things, too. A little a couple of Zooms here and there, but just very small things. Uh, let's keep going chronologically. Um, what's <laughs> well, next? I, I
0: want to just throw in there, though, that I think that's why it's more effective than an episode like Fly, because it's about... Because you know, the style is still there, but it, it doesn't distract from everything yes. that's going on. And that's an argument that has been levied against Fly, though most viewers really do love that episode and the style of it. yeah. And I know you're one. Of, Simon just raised his hand for, for the, the listeners out there. Uh, and I also have some issues with Fly for that reason. So to see him have that restraint was very yes. much appreciated.
1: Uh, let's see what's next. Um...
0: Do we, do we want to go to the execution? Do we want to go to Jack... You know, being delightfully aware and just figuring out the barrel—you know exactly where the barrels have to be—or do we want to just skip straight on to uh, to Jesse, or do we want to talk about Todd?
1: uh, Let's talk about Jesse. Okay. And especially one of the one of one of the other best shots of the episode was when Walt points him out, and you just have that horrible slow crawl to where Jesse is, and it's Mm -hmm. just so—and you think to yourself for a minute. They're not really about to just kill Jesse are they? We just lost Hank. I don't think I can do this,
0: yeah well, I actually I was I was completely ready for them to kill him in that moment. I was like, oh my God, it's such an epic, amazing, perfect you know because that's it's and it's so honest to, to have yeah. him just die just dead um and that's why I have a little bit of a problem with the whole Jane thing,
1: oh really,
0: yeah, it doesn't make any sense to me, I don't it felt. And I know I'm every every single person I have talked to online in my in my household, you know, everyone that I've talked to, uh, loved that, or or at the very least, like the the most negative reaction I've seen is oh, it didn't bother me. But for me, I just I, I didn't, and I've watched the episode a couple times. I I don't understand why that comes up.
1: Imagine, okay, have you ever done something really bad to someone, Kate? I'm gonna guess the answer is no. Not like. It doesn't have to be watching I, your I girlfriend choke on Vomit Bad. But
0: <laughs> Yeah, I try to think. I don't, not, you know, I, I've, I've, you know, had some hard conversations with people.
1: Yeah, not the same thing. Okay. <laughs> so imagine you've done something really, really terrible to someone. Okay. And that, I think that puts you in a different mindset, first of all. Second of all, uh, you know, Walt is, is uh, in his mind, 100% certain this is the last time he's ever going to say Jesse. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting is I've actually read a couple people make an argument that it's it's actually him being compassionate in some strange way that he's telling him about no. it, which
0: no, what? no, yeah. it's not.
1: Mm, no, don't see it. Uh, it's just pure cruelty, and I think in that, I, I think because he's in such a terrible headspace because he's just seen his brother-in-law get killed against his will, mm-hmm. and you know he, he's 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 blaming everything on Jesse pretty much, which is hilarious uh, in. Context, and if he can find a way to make it slightly worse before he gets tortured and then turned into a mess slave which he doesn't know about well, why not well,
0: I guess it's just i had i guess I just had trouble with how quickly Walt goes from holding at least in that scene holding any malice towards the Nazis who just executed his brother in- law to channeling it all towards Jesse. I get that that was the, that was the trouble because it felt like you know, and I I understand him because he's Walter White and therefore nothing can be his fault and therefore there needs to be a scapegoat and an explanation which ties into our phone call at the end of the episode and we will get there eventually. I understand him you know lashing out at Jesse but I don't understand his if he's if he's lashing out at people I don't understand him not I don't understand him lashing out at Jesse but not at the other people and so. I mean that felt very much like the writers going, here's how we're bringing Jane back in.
1: The difference between them and Jesse is that he knows Jesse
0: I still I feel like either he's lashing out or he's or he's in self preservation mode. So him not lashing out at the Nazis because he's in preservation mode, that makes sense to me. But in the past, when he's done that, he's then lashed out at Jesse or somebody else, smaller fry who he could control afterwards, not in that same moment.
1: So yeah. it felt a little
0: inconsistent to me, but that's everybody else I know loves that and is like, "Oh, I'm so." They needed to bring Jane. I don't. I didn't think they needed to bring Jane do
1: back. You, do you know what this is? It's 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 nitpicking. I'm yes, I know. A, it's what I'm, I
0: do. I've already said I think this is an amazing, amazing episode. One okay. of the greatest episodes of television ever made. I am okay. allowed to not think it's perfect.
1: I know. I know. I'm just saying it's. It's anyway. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, let's let's move on. Uh, I guess the next bit I would want to talk about would be uh, everything that happens with Flynn.
0: Yeah. Oh, oh man. Oh, Marie, Betsy Brandt once again.
1: Oh, yeah. Just she, uh, Betsy Brandt breaks your heart a couple of times over the course of this episode. But Anna
0: Gunn, RJ Mitty, everybody was on point this week. It was just everybody. This is everybody's Emmy episode.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's so I mean, R.J. Mitty's been waiting for this episode, surely, for pretty much the entire show.
0: Yeah. And he does not disappoint.
1: No, and he springs into action, and it's completely effing badass. (laughs) It
0: it was the, uh, put me in, coach, put me in.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Uh, I especially loved, of course, in the car after (laughs) Skylar tells him to get his seatbelt on.
0: The the audio design, the sound design (laughs) throughout this episode was fantastic, but I was just laughing my butt off watching just... (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah oh my God, uh, it's amazing. it's so uh, and again the thing one of the things that most blows my mind about breaking bad is the way they managed to cram humor into even the most dire of episodes i mean we got yeah. we, we sort of skipped over walt's barrel roll but that was pretty hilarious
0: well and it was a nice callback to the the methylamine heist in the end of season one where he and jesse are stealing the barrels but they don't as i recall right they don't roll them and hank is watching no. a video later going why wouldn't you just roll it and so it's great you know i thought that was a fun little callback even if mm-hmm. you know unintentionally i was trying to determine does that count as a montage because we had another meth cook in this episode
1: i'm gonna count that as a montage just because oh, we, we didn't actually get any? to we didn't actually get to the meth cook this episode though we
0: saw them no we in the flashback we opened oh with, yeah the right the cook.
1: flashback i was thinking about jesse at the end mm-hmm. uh but yeah, everything with Flynn was great. Uh, that sequence contains my favorite shot of the episode when uh, it's just a simple shot, but just going back behind Skylar and, and Walt and Flynn just to have that long still take of the knife rack and the phone.
0: Okay, but before we get there, I got to go back to a little earlier, if we're keeping this okay. chronological, and say I how much I, I loved the tension throughout this episode. I'm sure we'll keep getting coming back to that, but at the car wash... Because we had already seen, you know, them drive off. And we know that Walt's got his car. We don't yet know that he's going to run out of gas. I don't think we might. I don't I'm not sure. But, but we, we see Marie come in all confident and and uh, have that amazing conversation with Skylar. We have a wonderful reminder of of uh, that, that Skylar did not just jump on board Team Waltz, You know, she basically went crazy for a season. struggling against this guy and i think it's such a crucial moment that conversation between her and skylar where you know i think that's so that's so important for the decision skylar makes later between the phone and the knife and uh and and to not go with walt i think she doesn't make that conversation that that decision if she hasn't had that conversation with skylar and to see marie go from so confident to so completely destroyed
1: was another very Uh, important well we're not
0: there yet we're not there
1: yet that's arc. that's the phone call. Right. That's the, the phone, phone call. call is a whole other okay, thing. so
0: and I kept, I was watching that scene at the car wash. Just I kept waiting. I was like, oh my, Walt's just like gonna come in or something. I just kept waiting for <laughs> how she was gonna find out. It was so yeah. so wonderful. They just kept holding. By the way, we're at eighteen minutes, so twenty. Minutes. Oh, damn it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Simon so so thought maybe we could keep this conversation to twenty minutes. That. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, um, so I just kept waiting because you know, obviously we have the dramatic irony. We know what's going on. She doesn't know what's going on. And the way they chose to have it un- unfold was incredibly satisfying. Okay, we can go to the. Uh, we we've talked about the car. We can go to the house now. That I absolutely agree. That shot of the phone and the knife, and they shoot. They showed a couple times.
1: Do they? I just remember yeah. the one long take mostly. They well, glanced- Relatively long take it
0: once, and then it comes back to it, and it's like, okay, why are we seeing the phone. And and then later it's like, oh, that's that's why. We're Skyler's not looking at the choice. phone.
1: <laughs> yeah, because for a second you think, oh, the phone's gonna ring because that's what that shot usually means. Yeah. And then nope. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah, that was fantastic. And seriously, when she picked up that knife, I wasn't sure if Walt was gonna make it out of that freaking house.
0: I didn't think Skylar was. I-, I was waiting for like, you know, the what, the West Side Story or Carousel or... Fell on the
1: Knife type situation. Fall. Or
0: even, like, it gets knocked out of, out of her hand and ends up in Baby Holly or, more accurately, Walt <laughs> Jr. I was, I was waiting for, like, Walt Jr. or, like, Flynn to intervene and end up getting stabbed and, like...
1: I was really glad that didn't happen because yeah, that would have been too. so annoying.
0: Oh, yeah, definitely. Another quick costuming note. I love that uh, that when we see... And, again, it's just such a heartbreaking, emotionally devastating performance from Anna Gunn. When we see her later in the street, she's she's got her white shirt, right? Sweater with the blue cuffs, stained with blood, but very specifically right by her hands because her hands are bloody too because she's involved. Yeah, So like the details of that, just how mm-hmm. specific it is. And it also makes sense for a knife fight that, you know, you're going to get blood on the, on the hands, but still, it just, the the, the specifics of every choice this week even just at the beginning having walt in a blue shirt against the sky and hank in an orange very earth tone sh- shirt against the rocks just the all of the all of the color timing and and costuming throughout this episode is fantastic
1: yeah that's sh- that shot you mentioned of, a- of anna gun in the street is one of like three or four moments that are just like this episode
0: this is the if she doesn't get an emmy for this episode she she never will the
1: emmys (laughs) yeah uh she did a fantastic job uh are, are we are we moving on
0: we anything else we i feel like we gotta talk about that decision
1: uh well yeah i mean i i drew the distinction on the show between I think the, diff- the if you wanted to, you know, name a, a, an actual concrete difference between Walt and Skylar, besides the fact that she, you know she didn't start a meth empire, I would say <laughs> that the 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 poor decisions that she's made have earnestly been in the best interests of her family in some strange way.
0: Most of them, yes. Most of them, she, maybe she, not all. She of them. likes the money too.
1: She likes the money, but you, you can argue for that as well. Yeah. Uh, th- whereas Walt is just evil. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's just ego. For yeah. Him. Definitely. Yeah. And I mean, and I know people, other people will disagree with that about that. And we will get to the phone call eventually. Keep teasing it because I'm a jerk face. But uh, the, the I, you know, having her disbelief, because in that scene with, with Marie earlier, she's, she's devastated, but she's also relieved. And so when Walt is back, as terrible as everything is with, with Walt Jr., when Walt is back, it's not relief. It is fear and
1: terror.
0: Yeah. And again, just it, it, she has no reason to believe that Walt didn't kill Hank. Why wouldn't, you know, why would he draw the line there? It's like what she said, you know, last week or the week before. Why is this the line? But, um, about Jesse, but, um, just, you know, her reaction and tying it all in with Hank, I think is so crucial. And that, that's that last. Find that fight, but then also, I mean, I do you think Walt would have killed her? I think Walt would have killed her in the heat of the moment.
1: Absolutely, there's no question about it. If Flynn weren't there,
0: yeah, and um, and so the having him jump in, I thought was great. Having um, yeah, and then of course he calls the cops, and and that that final doing this for my family, ramp, we're a family. <laughs> from from just so just so just so wonderfully, yeah. I, I did find
1: that a little bit rich, a, a, a slight, mm-hmm. a slight, tiny bit rich. But I was okay. willing to to let it go.
0: <laughs> okay, and then I did not, baby Holly. Like just when you think you 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 can't take any more tension, you you know, you're like, oh right. thank God yeah. nobody's stabbed. And then baby Holly, oh, yeah, oh my God,
1: man, Holly needs a freaking bodyguard. Clearly, um, but uh, and where just so I don't dwell on it later. Whoever they got to play Holly is a future Meryl Streep because because <laughs> holy crap that baby did an amazing job.
0: That was by far the like that's the only interesting or useful you know use baby of Holly in, like like all all series long. I guess when when Marie took Holly that was very emotional, but that wasn't Holly. But the the the, the way they got that performance out of that baby, holy crap! As I, I'm trying to remember who said this. I want to say it was uh, Todd Vanderwarf or maybe Zach Hanlon on Twitter. Uh, baby Holly's performance is better than ninety percent of the performances in the fall pilots, and uh, <laughs> we will get there after we talk Breaking Bad, uh, ladies and gentlemen. But uh, but yeah, that I just was. She was just was tears, all of the tears.
1: Yeah, way to go, Holly. <laughs> uh, so okay, We're, we have to get out of that house, out of the street. Where are we going now? We just phone go straight call? to the phone call.
0: I feel like that's that's where we're oh, left.
1: Jesus. Okay, I've watched this scene a few times.
0: Yeah, I've watched f- it three times.
1: The first time I watched it, I didn't even like. It took. Like, I'm so I'm so dense that I didn't even pick up on the idea that Walt might get that there actually are cops there. Me too. Okay. Good. So that makes two of us being dense. Um, the second time I watched it. I fo—I was started to focus on where is he acting and where isn't he acting? And I think the correct answer to that question is he's always acting and he's never acting. <laughs>
0: Exactly. And that's why. Okay, so there was there was a flurry of conversation about this. I think this is the the most discussed element of the episode, at least last night on Twitter and at the website. Of course, thank you so much. It was great hearing from so many people at Sound On Sight um, on my recap and also on your review for Breaking Bad. But um, here's why I think we both had that same initial reaction. And why well, I was getting very frustrated with people, there there was still some just, oh, Walt is being, he's sacrificing himself and his reputation to save Scott. No, no, he's not. The reason that we had that initial reaction is because everything that he is saying is true and it's something that he feels it is coming from somewhere as, as uh, Swearingen so memorably says, a lie must be seasoned with truth, if, if, you know, or else the palate fucking rebels, something like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, And so I believe every single thing that he is saying is 100 percent true to some part of Walt, whether or not he realizes or he realized before he even said it, how true it was, how strongly he felt these different things. Then and on the second view, I became more aware. Yes, he's aware that the, the cops are there, but that doesn't change the truth of anything that he's saying.
1: No, it doesn't.
0: I mean,
1: no matter how good an actor Walt is. There's no mistaking the venom of you, stupid bitch. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. It, which, you know, you, you mentioned uh, at, at I, I forget where I I think it was you said it on Twitter somewhere that you were you were curious to see how the episode would affect Skyler haters, mm-hmm. and I'm definitely curious about that as well because it was one of those episodes that had that it, that feel of inadvertent meta commentary mm-hmm. uh, that you know we TV critics love, uh, you know where. You know, Walt seemed to just inhabit the worst habits of the internet for a moment. <laughs> uh, obviously, he's much worse than even the internet. But, um, yeah, that, so that was kind of a fascinating moment for that reason. And, you know, people will point to the fact that he's crying and clearly getting choked up near the end. And, oh, and he's like,
0: getting, he's crying and getting choked up. Because of what he's saying, he means it. He, you can, he can be meaning that and also at the same moment be realizing how much he's lost. Just because he's sad that he feels this way or that he's put himself and his family in this position doesn't change any of what he is saying.
1: No, I agree. I think that – well, and, and I think it's important that he's crying and stuff because as as much as – I think what what's we're reminded of so much throughout this episode is that, yes – walt's done some amazing things I mean amazing in a hor in a horrible sense mm-hmm. uh you know just amazing incredible things, but he's still just a guy he's mm-hmm. just a guy like you know going back a few episodes when Jesse was calling him the devil, he would be if you weren't also kind of an idiot, yeah, um, so you know this episode lands him right back on no, he's just a guy, and you know he he is capable of 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 terrible and wondrous things but Even he has limits, even his, his (laughs) bastardry has, uh, you know, his, his mind and his, his mind and his body can only take so much of its own bastardry before it just starts to break down.
0: The other thing for me with this conversation with, with the, the sort of, oh, he's really, there's a, there's a kernel of good guy still inside of him reaction is that earlier in this very same episode, we saw him lash out at someone who did not deserve it and had done nothing to warrant this vitriol and bile, and that was Jesse when he tells him when he tells him about Jane. I still don't necessarily like that choice, but whatever he did, and so when he lashes out in much the same unwarranted, unearned way at Skylar, that's a hundred percent in keeping with what we have just seen him do. So this notion that he doesn't mean it is just ridiculous to me. Yeah.
1: Well, and, and the way some, some people watch this show, like, they're battered children. Like, oh,
0: yeah, totally.
1: It's, it's really weird. Like, that, like, you know, like I said earlier, people had that reading about Jane, and I saw some people say, oh, he's taking one for the team with the phone call, where he's <laughs> just making it sound like he's not. And I, and I like the way with uh, it hadn't even occurred to me either that he screws up at the end. Uh, you could take it as being about gambling, which hadn't, which didn't occur to me the first time.
0: Mm-hmm. We, we've heard him say yeah. things like this throughout the mm-hmm. series. I did this all myself. You, you don't, you know nothing about. Yeah. It. I he am the one
1: who knocks, etc. Ex-
0: ex- exactly, and it's it was posturing then, and it's bullshit now. But it's you know that that is his truth. And uh, I also really loved this was a catch by some people on Twitter. We were pondering, have we heard Walt swear before on the show? Because usually he's so controlled, he doesn't, you know, let that out. Somebody did mention that he had called yeah. Gretchen a bitch in season two. And that was the only other time. And so to have that same, and apparently it's in a very similar tone too. And so to have that inherent anger mm-hmm. at this, a woman who wronged him to have it tie in in a certain way with, with Gretchen and and his reaction to the, how that relationship, you know, apparently ended very, very badly on a different scale of bad, but still yeah. <laughs> normal bad. I think that was very interesting and, uh, and just, and maybe even like that moment even more.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. Lots of it. The, the series memory—they're—they're they're just getting silly with the series memory stuff now. Like when, when—and I mean that in a good and a bad way. Like when he's rolling the barrel and you can see his pants uh-huh. from the pilot, <laughs> which I didn't notice at first. I had to have it pointed out to me. I—I th- I thought to myself, a uh, two year, year and a half, two years of wind and rain out in the desert. I don't know if I buy that, but whatever. Yeah. Um, I'll take it." Uh, do we—do we have anything else to say about the phone call?
0: Uh, well, again, just Marie.
1: Yeah. Oh my god, when she gets the news. Oh my god. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. so much pain. I don't know how much she's going to get to do in the last couple episodes, but at least if this is the that could be the last time we see her, for all we know. Yeah. It seems unlikely, but it's possible. Mm-hmm. And that would be a gutting but effective way for her to go out.
0: Yeah, definitely. And uh, we're we're going to talk more about her in our fall TV preview. Uh, <laughs> Betsy Brent tweeted out something about how uh, uh, that that that. Her new show, the Michael J. Fox show, is funnier than Breaking Bad and less violent. I agree with one of those two things. And, and it is not the first one. And that's not anything against the Michael J. Fox show. That's because I think Breaking Bad is actually hilarious a lot of the time. That's a big part of why it works. Um, I, we got to talk about, in the last scene, I thought that just everything, again, everything we're getting with, with Anna Gunn, amazing. Betsy Brandt with Archie Mitty, all of them. We should also talk, though, about Todd and where we meet yes. Jesse.
1: Jesse Plemons, Uh, first of all, Jesse Plemons is doing excellent work. So Uh, good. I like that he's just Jesse's evil Mm -hmm. anti-mirror. That's just so great. Uh, Do you think they killed Brock and Andrea, or do you think they're just being dicks?
0: I think that's the threat of... You're going yeah. to help us because we know where your, your former girlfriend. As of what's the timeline in the show? It's been like two weeks, three weeks since since Brock yeah. got poisoned.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, they're they're on the outs, I suppose. But yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, so everything about that sequence was just horrific.
0: Yeah, well, and and what do we think that tape is that he's talking about? Is that the the tape of Walt confessing on the phone? Is that the tape? Of Walt implicating Hank,
1: I think what? I think it's the first one because I don't okay. understand why he would have a copy of the the false confession.
0: Yeah, well, because he says go, does he say go? You guys go to his home or something like yeah. that? Yeah. So that that could mean Hank's home or that could mean Walt's home.
1: I think he meant I. I definitely heard Walt's home.
0: Yeah. Okay. So why why would Walt? Walt I'm sorry, I mean, I'm have...
1: sorry, I mean, sorry, I meant Hank's home. Hank's Unless, home. But okay. if he's talking about Walt's home, that if he's looking for anything, I would assume it would be the ricin but anyway yeah that's, yeah no but i don't I assume... think
0: he even remembers the ricin he jesse wouldn't know where the oh yeah that's be. right yeah but but that'll be i think we're gonna get a little more about that i would assume otherwise it seems like a very odd thing very specific thing to have jesse talk about if it's not going to come back but just the the contrast of i mean jesse Plemons, like you said is doing such wonderful work as todd the contrast of his brand of evil with Walt's <laughs> brand of evil he's just because he's just like calmly gently helping jesse to the room he's he he gives walt his his um condolences about hank he is a quiet he's a good boy you know kind of nice boy uh brand of sociopath that you know can help a nice help a little little old lady across the street and then shoot her in in the back
1: yeah Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And just, especially just when he, when he comes out and Jesse's just destroyed and hooked up to a meth slavery operation. And he's just like, whoop, let's go, buddy.
0: Let's cook. And of course he's in full getup, but Jesse's not in anything because it doesn't matter if Jesse breathes in all the fumes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, and his face, Jesse's face just being so destroyed. Yeah, just a wonderful performance from Jesse Plymouth. And
1: th- it also, it-, it cemented in my mind the fact that I think Jesse has to survive the show. <laughs> if they're going to yeah. put him through all this, and then just to kill him off, it would be sadistic beyond belief.
0: If we see him again, and I don't know whether we know if we see him again, but it we makes sense We will. To- we will. When we see him again... Uh, but but I mean, if, if we never saw him again, this would be, it would make sense for him, for this to be the last thing we saw of him. But because we are going to see him again, that tells me that he has to do something. And so I don't know what he's going to do or how it's going to come up. But if we see him again, and it seems like we will. He has to be doing something worth, t- you know, worth spending time with. And so that tells me that he is more likely either to explode the lab or something, uh, take them all out, or he's going to get out of there.
1: Right. Uh, whatever it is, I hope it involves Jesse violently killing Todd in a supremely satisfying fashion, which I know I shouldn't wish for, but I do, because Todd is awful.
0: Yeah. Uh, let's see. I, I, I want to talk about the flash-forward, um, where we think that, you know, with our new information, what, you know, what we can piece together. Do we, we want to talk about the, the go-bag? Does he... Did he put the barrel in barrels worth of money into that duffel bag, or was he loading up those all those other bags in the back seat of the car?
1: I don't know. I mean, I assume uh, Saul's guy gets a good chunk of that. I forget what the exact amount was. If we heard what that was,
0: I felt like such an idiot for not having seen that coming. Of course, Saul's guy, seeing as we know. You know, what we knew with the flash forward. So I felt like an idiot for not having figured that out back when yeah. Jesse didn't go with him.
1: Yeah, uh, I mean, I, it would make sense to start next week roughly where we are at the flash forward. Mm-hmm. Um, based on something I already know about next week's episode that I shouldn't know, but I do know, uh, I think... Think that might be. I think we might see next week's episode take take place over a wider span of times. So sort of like the mid season finale did,
0: mm-hmm. kind of fill in the gaps.
1: Uh, so I'm not expecting too many fireworks next week, but I've been known to be extraordinarily wrong.
0: We need like six montages so I can be right about the montage.
1: Yeah, Never, there's the going to be there's going to be a lot of montages
0: and all the breakfasts,
1: <laughs> all the breakfast. Did we get any breakfast this week or just the no. threat of breakfast?
0: There was no breakfast. There's no threat of breakfast. I got to say uh, it was Ken Ken from Chicago on Twitter. Right. When uh, we have that heartbreaking scene with with uh, Walt Jr. I, I had little I had Twitter open my my like ads, at replies open and I just from Ken. Breakfast will not fix this, <laughs> which just, I just bust out laughing and it was the perfect comment at the perfect moment. And, oh my God. And then, so I, I got his permission and installed that for the title of my recap. Uh, but yeah, I, I, we'll see. We'll kind of fill in the gaps I imagine with where Skyler's at and like all the other people left behind, but the machine guns gotta be for the Nazis, right?
1: I would assume so, or it's for the entire DEA. I don't know.
0: <laughs> well, and uh, we we did. Uh, I was watching Talking Bad with which had Dean Norris and Bill Hader on it, and uh, Hader's theory is that the ricin is for Lydia because we keep seeing her tea. They bring up her tea a lot in this this like half season, so he thinks that she that 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 Walt's gonna spike Lydia's tea, and I was like, oh. Hmm. Very intriguing. Uh,
1: I I was did was I the only one who found it weird that she came up in the credits but not in the episode?
0: That happens every now and again. That's probably a cutscene somewhere. Still, I don't know what you would, how you. would possibly... Yeah, exactly.
1: Where would she have fit in this episode? I was thinking that she was going to be there At when the Jesse got in, but yeah. no. Uh. So yeah. The, uh, something to note for next week, uh, Peter Gold wrote and directed next week's episode and he'll be handling Better Call Saul, which is apparently a real thing that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. So I'll be paying attention to that for that reason.
0: Yeah. let uh, see. Anything else we want to mention? Beautiful cinematography as ever. Excellent sound design. So much effective use of silence throughout this episode or like, or very distinct, small sounds.
1: And that trademark Breaking Bad moment of something devastating just happened. Let's slow it down. Let's mm-hmm. really take it in. Let's go. <sighs> Let's just, yeah. yeah. We got at least two of those this week, and it was mm-hmm. it's always, always effective.
0: Oh, I wanted to mention at the beginning when we have those that dissolve out from Walt and then Jesse and, and then the trailer, my theory, my artsy-partsy analytical theory is that they dis they dissolve away in the order that the the people or that they no longer resembled who they were in the pilot what they were in the pilot so walt changed first and then and that guy we met in the pilot was gone first and then jesse and then the trailer because the rv became the super lab and you know kind of all went from there thoughts on my Uh, over analysis
1: i didn't give it that much thought actually it was one of the few shots in the episode i wasn't i didn't care for i think if we just had if we just had a long take a long still take of just so we know remember that just remember that okay it's gone bye go (laughs) to. i I don't i didn't need the dissolves really
0: Mm, i liked it but i hear what you're saying i do hear what you're saying okay so two episodes
1: sorry i just swore it myself because i saw the timestamp. yeah Yeah, two episodes left let's see what they are later we should stop talking (laughs)
0: Okay. <laughs> no predictions. No new changes. Nothing.
1: No. I mean, it's going to be. Th- this the only thing I can think of is Walt's going to have a change of heart and try to rescue Jesse. That's probably. I don't all I thi- got.
0: No. You don't no, think so? I don't think so. I, it wouldn't be satisfying if he did. I would, it wouldn't I would, be
1: satisfying, but I feel like it's where they're going.
0: No, we'll we'll see. Why? Walt's just going back for revenge. Straight up revenge. He wants his money back. Sure, maybe, but I think it's about revenge because they killed Hank but also because they disobeyed him. Maybe. Why why even go back at all?
1: Yeah, we'll see. I I'd rather I'm I feel like I'm I'm just about done speculating. I I prefer just to Okay. just to see. I feel like I already know too much.
0: Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, we're going to take a break and listen to some music and come back with our uh fall network TV preview. It's a They'd sing much sweeter than they do For you brought a new kind of love to me If the Sandman brought me dreams of you I'd want to sleep my whole day through For you brought a new kind of love to me You know that I am a slave, you're the king, but still you can understand that underneath it all I'm a maid and you are only
1: a man, I would work and slave the whole day through, if I could hurry home to you,
0: for you brought a new kind of
1: love to me.
0: That was, you brought a new kind of love to me as performed by the Benny Goodman Orchestra. This is uh, not this version, but another version of this song, another cover of the song is featured in the opening moments of Masters of Sex, the, the pilot that we'll be discussing a little bit later in our preview that's on Showtime. But it felt, it's a great song. So it seemed like a good way to get into our our pilot preview, not just because Masters of Sex is one of the very few good pilots and so therefore it brought me a little bit of of of, uh solace in this this pilot bunch this year but also just because it's a a great song we have a lot of new shows though it's not as bad as last year
1: uh no not it actually seems like there's a lot fewer than last year
0: yeah i don't you know i don't really remember it's all sort of a blur. <laughs> but if you go network by network, it's a very manageable bunch. This week, of course, by the time you're hearing this, Sleepy Hollow has already premiered to uh, actually very good numbers, uh, all things considered. it, it uh, The pilot actually got higher ratings than Under the Dome, which it came after, I, I believe, or before. I don't know. It higher ratings than Under the Dome, which was their big su- uh, summer hit, the big summer hit this year. On Tuesday this week, or as you're hearing this, or probably after you're hearing this, or before you're hearing this, that is. Dads in Brooklyn Nine-Nine premiered on Fox next week. What do we have coming at everybody?
1: Uh, next week, we're going to be seeing Mom on CBS. That's Allison Janney, mm-hmm. Anna Ferris. Sounds like it should be great, but apparently isn't. Uh, <laughs> as well as uh, The Blacklist on NBC with James Bader as the bad guy who hunts bad guys. Uh, Dylan McDermott's hostage drama, inventively titled Hostages on NBC. Uh, CBS, also Tony Collette, is in there, apparently a short run. Uh, Something called Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., don't really know anything about that on ABC. Uh, The Goldbergs, also on ABC, 80s set family sitcom. Trophy Wife with uh, Mollen Ackerman and Bradley Whitford and more over on ABC. Uh, Lucky Seven, which is a drama about lottery winners and one lottery loser, over on ABC. Uh, Also on ABC is a show I know you're very fond of called Back in the Game. Uh, as well as The Crazy Ones with Robin Williams, James Wolk, Sarah Michelle Gellar, and at least in the pilot, Kelly Clarkson, for some reason. And uh, then Michael J. Fox has his Michael J. Fox show.
0: Yeah, so the Fox shows are all coming back this week. The uh, the ABC shows are all coming back next week, and most of the NBC and and CBS shows as well. They're, but several episodes are doing like double-length ones, so the week after we are still getting some new fall premieres from those networks as well. On that Monday, that's the 30th. Well, for actually, I should say, Sunday we're going to have 29th, which is the Apocalypse. It's 11 shows are returning. Um, the new shows that night are Betrayal on, on ABC and then Masters of Sex on Showtime and Hello Ladies on HBO. But the rest of that week, we have We Are Men Monday, that Monday on CBS and then Wednesday, the October 10th, October 2nd, Super Fun Night on ABC with Rebel Wilson playing an American, not an Australian. And then Ironside on NBC, that's that Wednesday as well. And then that Thursday we have The Millers on CBS, Welcome to the Family, and Sean Saves the World on NBC. And the first of the CW debuts, which is the originals, which is actually going to be airing on Tuesdays, but they're premiering it with The Vampire Diaries before having it launch its own night so then, uh,
1: okay. yeah,
0: the, the, all the, the CW premieres are, are happening at the beginning of October. So that's, you know, they're, they're kind of waiting a little bit longer before they kick those things off. Do you want to walk our fabulous listeners through the rest of the new shows?
1: Sure. CW has their, of course, their remake of The Tomorrow People, which I'm sure everyone is very excited for. And speaking of things that are derivative of other things, we also have Once Upon a Time in Wonderland, which is, of course, the Wonderland set spin-off of Once Upon a Time.
0: Those are both... October 9th, October 10th, that time frame.
1: Again, the invention levels just off the chart. Uh, then next up on CW uh, the following week from the 13th to 19th is Rain. Also on the CW, a historical drama but Mary Queen of Scots, sexy Nostradamus, mysticism. It sounds insane and probably terrible, uh, <laughs> although neither of us have seen it. So we are definitely passing prejudgment. judgment. Uh, then on NBC a little bit later uh, the following week, Dracula, their sexy Dracula show. <laughs> and then uh, a little later than that, Almost Human over in November, Human Cop, Robot Cop. Will they get along? Yes, probably eventually uh, from some fringe people. And then even later than that on BBC America, Atlantis, which is set in Atlantis.
0: Okay. So now we're going to go kind of through the all the comedies and all the dramas. Do we want to start with the dramas so we can do Masters of Sex or do we want to cleanse the palate with the dramas and end with Masters of Sex? So, comedy or drama first?
1: Oh, well, we, we've just mentioned it, so we may as well start with, with the dramas and talk about Masters of Sex. For which, the pilot is online, thanks to Showtime. They like pimping their their new series, so God bless them. Uh, and I'm going to be, I'm really, really pleased that this is actually good, because A, everyone has been saying it's good, and B, I'm going to be writing about the first season, and I can already, like, within five minutes of this starting, I was just, Yes. <laughs> I'm going to have such fun writing about this.
0: It didn't even take me five minutes because I just, I really like that opening. So just the, the version of that song they chose to use for this pilot to, in the opening moments, I was just sort of felt at, at, at home and at ease. And then the actors showed up and they didn't ruin <laughs> that. And, they, and then they were actually really great. And the story got very interesting. And, and so it just sort of kind of, you know, snowballed into, I kept kind of waiting for this to turn take a turn into pilotiness and it didn't it stayed really good all the way through yeah
1: it, it you know it, it's like anything else that has some like i think it's got some things it can improve on but most of those problems weren't piloty problems which is excellent
0: which is excellent so definitely the by far the best of the pilots specifically dramas but really just in general this year yeah, it's uh,
1: also funnier than i assume most of the comedies are
0: yes uh, masters of sex on showtime uh, premiering on the tv apocalypse september 29th um let's see the other dramas we have to talk about let's see uh sleepy hollow already premiered uh, like we mentioned it got Pretty solid ratings, and the non- the fun thing about sleep- the Sleepy Hollow pilot is that it is just kind of cuckoo bananas. The- it's not. It's not Charlie Jade crazy. It's not the Heart Holler crazy. But for a you know quasi serial, quasi procedural supernatural kind of drama with a cop lead, and this is Ichabod Crane, but he's completely does not resemble the actual literary Ichabod Crane. Waking up, and there's the Horseman of the Apocalypse. So like the head- headless Horseman is a hor- Horseman of the Apocalypse, and it's like they have to prevent the end times over the course of seven years of of turmoil and strife or whatever. You know it's very piloty but they, they go for a platonic central relationship which i really appreciate and if it steers into the crazy and, and the the uh, the campy i think this could be a lot of fun it could also just kind of collapse like a flan in a cupboard uh after a couple weeks but it's a solid pilot it's one of the better drama pilots all things considered and uh, i had fun with it so do, do you think you're gonna check it out
1: oh uh, yeah i'll probably check out at least the pilot and then if if it if if my sensibilities align, I'll, I'll I may keep watching.
0: Yeah, and we should say, of course, that's on Fox. It's pretty much the only new Fox uh, drama pilot, as you said earlier. Almost Human is coming later in November, but uh, we'll we'll talk more about that when he, when it gets closer. But if you listen to our Comic Con discussion you know my thoughts of that because they did screen that pilot at uh at comic-con sleepy hollow is going to be up against uh beauty and the beast and dancing with the stars and the voice so i don't think it should be too hard for them to find somewhat of of an audience that'll stick with them but uh i don't know we'll see the other drama pilots we have what the blacklist yes james spader is a uh like one of the FBI's most wanted and he turns himself in and makes a deal where he's going to help them catch like the 100 baddest bad guys who ever were bad and that he has information <laughs> on uh in 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 exchange for limited freedoms and he will only work with this one agent. I wonder why he's chosen her? Because she's his daughter. That's the only thing that makes sense, but they don't I mean it's the most obvious thing ever but they're kind of playing it as a mystery. We'll see. What happens? Does, does she not know
1: that she's his daughter? No,
0: she, she knows that she's somebody else's daughter. So that's why it's a mystery. Only it just, you, if you watch it, you'll you'll pick up on that really quickly. It seems very puzzling. At the Television Critics Association press tour, the critics were asking, so she's his daughter, right? Why are you guys hedging? And the, the producers continued to hedge, so maybe it's not yeah. that, but. Anyways, uh, this one is also more promising. We're kind of going from best to worst. This it, it's it's procedural. It's very procedurally. It's very piloty, But James Spader is just so fun in a campy role, and they really they play up the arch nature of that character. So, of the of procedurals, it's definitely the the highlight, and uh, I had fun with it.
1: Yeah, I, I I haven't seen it yet. I don't think I'm terribly excited for it. I'm I I don't need more procedurals in my life, but. You know, I'm sure you're right. I'm sure it's on the entertaining end of, of such <laughs> such things.
0: Um, next up for the dramas. Oh, man. Okay, so we have Hostages. We have Betrayal. We have Ironside, the Tomorrow People. Uh, I guess I should say Once Upon a Time in Wonderland. I've only seen the first half of it, uh, That and I liked that. It was fun. It's very Once Upon a Time and... Uh, the the writing on what's about the time has not been great as far as i'm concerned the past couple of years so i tuned out and also i really didn't like their underscoring it was driving me nuts uh, so so I actually like this pilot a bit more than I liked the Once Upon a Time pilot or the the more recent Once Upon a Time episodes I've seen. But again, I've only seen half of the pilot. So the, the cast that they've put together seem very, you know, they, they could really work. And if you like Once Upon a Time, I think you'll like Once Upon a Time in Wonderland. That's got to be their main goal. And at least based on the first half of that pilot, they've succeeded. We'll see what goes from there. Dracula, I, I was okay with the pilot, but I, I've seen the first two or three of that one. And As soon as they decided that this Dracula was Vlad Dracul, the sociopath who slaughtered hundreds of thousands of people in mostly very, very cruel and just evil ways, I don't use that word easily, as soon as they decided he was going to, they were going to make that actual historical figure be their sexy male lead, I really checked out. Um, There's plenty of other problems with Dracula, it may find an audience, the fact that it's a short run series is promising to me, Um, they're not going to try to stretch it out for 22 episodes a season, unless it becomes a hit, probably. (laughs) Yeah. But, uh, But, you know, there's potential there, but just the fact that they don't seem to care enough to... They want to trade on history and not actually do any of that history research is really frustrating to me. This is this is the conversation talking about Dracula is what led to my fabulous conversation with Todd Vanderworf and Libby Hill about Sexy Hitler and how sexy Hitler would totally get picked up as a series at this point. <laughs> um anyway so Definitely but the pilot was was better than the, the episodes, at least as far as I was concerned. It bothered me less than some of the other other episodes that I've I've seen for that one. That leaves us with Tomorrow People, Betrayal, and Hostages, and I don't really like any of them. We already talked about Tomorrow People in Comic Con. Twenty seven year olds playing sixteen year olds. I don't get it. Uh, and it may it may very much find an audience paired with Arrow. I think that's a very smart, you know, programming choice. I think it's paired with Arrow but uh it's it's not a Kate. It's not a Kate show. uh so so if you like very pretty people on the CW, you may very much like it. But as soon as they cast it's one of the animals. Steven or Robbie, one of the animals as as their t- high school aged lead like, if you put a giant hulking, if you put Chris Hemsworth in a hoodie, it doesn't make him look any less like Chris Hemsworth. does not make him look like a teenager. And yet, yeah. that's like the costuming choice of uh, uh, de rigueur right now for way too old people trying to pass as high school. Um, anyways, Tomorrow People's There, Hostages, just this is not a TV show. This is a miniseries. Th- this is a movie, you know, maybe a two-part miniseries. But Tony Collette plays a doctor who is going to perform surgery on the president, and so Dylan McDermott and his peeps uh, take her family hostage. And the trouble with that is... Where the episode ends does not make sense. This is not a long-term story, and yet they're trying to make it into like a 10 or 13-episode season when there's enough background to fill maybe two hours. So as as soon as—I'm trying to not spoil this, but as soon as Tony Collette's actions at the end of the pilot do not prompt Dylan McDermott to do the correct thing— I completely checked out, and um, I, I have no interest in this. And there's also really whiny teen characters, uh, tweens. Yeah, there's a, a a male and a female teenager in that house, and they're both like the worst versions of of, of TV teens. And uh, we were discussing this earlier. Uh, Baby Holly gives a better performance than either of them, or really most of the uh, the teenagers and on on shows this fall. So. Yeah. And she was ad libbing. Yeah, clearly, clearly. So yeah, that's my problem with hostages betrayal. It's just it's there's no story here. It's be- characters be- betray each other, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I wonder what's gonna. It's it's a nighttime soap. I don't think they're gonna have success with this. They didn't with deception,
1: <laughs> but they did with revenge.
0: Yeah, but revenge is the remake of the Count of Monte Cristo, so that's at least there's some you know storyline to go with there, and also it it, it's more heightened and so it's more campy and fun. Betrayal it just is so dour, and it's just you're watching characters you don't particularly like make destructive decisions, and so therefore I don't care about them. They're kind of ruining things for themselves and their family. I don't care that they're happy. I don't care that they're sad. Uh, why am I still watching this pilot? And the answer is professionalism. And based, uh, I, I have not seen uh, the original's pilot. I have not seen the Rain pilot. As I said, I've only seen the first half of Once Upon a Time Wonderland. I also have not seen the Atlantis pilot so I can't really help you guys with any of that stuff but as far as dramas go, definitely Masters of Sex and then, you know oh, I also have not seen the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. pilot of the ones I have seen Masters of Sex is actually really good definitely the best pilot of this fall uh, season and the uh, Sleepy Hollow Could Be Fun Blacklist is solid procedural oh, I didn't even say Ironside Ironside, no Police brutality is not fun to me and this show is, uh, no (laughs) all right who was clamoring for a remake of Ironsides, Ironside? I should say. I mean, the 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 cast is charismatic enough, but it just there's very little story here, and it's the same anti tr- tortured anti hero crap we've seen time and again. There are better police procedurals on television. There are better new police procedurals, and there are are way way more older, you know, still coming returning police procedurals. So just skip Ironside as far as I'm concerned.
1: Yeah, I'm not interested.
0: Okay, is that all? Is that did I skip any other dramas? Did I forget about any other ones?
1: I think I think you got them all.
0: Okay, let's switch over to the comedies. Do you want to take through some of the different story, you know, the plot synopses here? Yes, you know, so that, that way I'm not talking all the time.
1: Yeah, sure. Uh, well, we have of course Brooklyn Nine Nine, which has Andy Samberg and Andre, Andre Brower, sort of a precinct slash cop comedy. Chelsea Peretti's in there too. Uh, then we have Angela uh, Trulio. Angela Trulio, yes. Uh, always notable. Uh, then uh, we already mentioned Moms, which has uh, Anna Ferris as the daughter of Allison Janney, who is a former drug addict or possibly still a drug addict. I'm not sure. I haven't gotten to that one yet. Uh, the Gold- The Goldbergs is sort of a Wonder yearsy 80s set family sitcom that's on ABC. Uh, trophy Wife has Malin Ackerman as Bradley Whitford's third wife. Uh, the Crazy Ones has Sarah Michelle Geller as a humorless Ad agency Hotshot working with Robin Williams and James Wolk. Uh the Michael J. Fox show has, of course, Michael J. Fox as a newscaster with Parkinson's going back to work. What else am I missing here? Uh Hello Ladies on HBO, which is the following week, uh, has that Steven Merchant's uh take on TV rom-com. Uh, you'll know him, of course, as Ricky Gervais's cohort. Uh Super We Are Men, and I, I love your description of this. Features Tony Shalhoub, Cal Penn, and Jerry O'Connell as men. <laughs> and that's it. Uh, Super Fun Night has Rebel Wilson as being not Australian, which is all I think it's ever going to be known for. Uh, the Millers has Margot Martindale and Will Arnett and Bo Bridges and Mary Elizabeth Ellis, a.k.a. the waitress, and apparently manages to waste all of their time. Uh, Welcome to the Family has Mary McCormack and Mike O'Malley, who have a teen daughter who gets knocked up, etc., etc. Uh, Sean Saves the World with Sean Hayes as the gay dad of a teen daughter who's newly single parenting. I think that's it.
0: Okay. Oh, yeah, I just love that you just skipped over two of the worst, which are dads on Fox. Oh, yeah.
1: I right. I just ignored that.
0: And also back in the game, uh, that that just that 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 feels like an appropriate choice. But let's start with the highlights, as as far as these things go. As we've talked about before, comedy pilots are notoriously difficult, and there are many fantastic comedies that have terrible pilots. Parks and Rec comes to mind for me. Any come to mind for you? Well, I mean,
1: U.S. Office also kind of useless mm-hmm. general beginning uh oh, some people in common there yeah i try to think of others
0: i mean thirty rock i didn't like the pilots uh seinfeld took a whole year to kind of figure itself out it, it's common for especially ensemble comedies or comedies that aren't uh as as focused on one specific voice like something like louie or some you know some more uh individually specific uh, comedic voices. It, it's common for comedies to take a while to find their feet. So it, a, a show having a terrible comedy pilot does not necessarily mean the show won't be good. Uh, but sometimes there are other indicators and we'll get to dads later. First, let's start <laughs> with Brooklyn Nine-Nine and Trophy Wife. Those are the two of the, the two strongest comedy pilots for me this year um, by actually quite a bit of a margin. The Brooklyn Nine-Nine starts this uh, tonight as we're recording, but uh, you know, and, and as of when this goes up, probably by the time you're hearing this, you've already seen it. But it has Andy Samberg and Andre Brauer, like you said, it has a really strong ensemble cast. It's set in a precinct, which could be fun, but really, this comes from some of the guys behind Parks and Rec, and there's this group dynamic that that seems really, really well defined. All the various people in the in the precinct, they feel like actual. Characters, I feel like actual people who have lives, you know, when they're off screen, which is something that most of these pilots and most comedy pilots don't necessarily manage to capture. The cast is very deep there. I can see a lot of potential for like mixing and matching up different pairings for comedic value. But really, this all comes down to Andre Brower as the the no nonsense new Police c- captain who has to deal with uh, Andy Samberg being his Andy Sambergist Sambergist. I don't know exactly how you say that, but what I love about this performance is that there is it's incredibly understated, but there is always a sense of humor underneath the performance. It's very layered, and uh, oftentimes they these you know uh, the captain who's reining in the the wild card police officer tends to just be kind of dour or just you know not particularly entertaining and you're always watching the the broad the big you know cop hero and you're not really watching the performance of the the police captain and that is not the case here i love that that brower does have a, his character does have a real sense of humor uh even if it's just in a reaction shot he there's like Brower never really smiles in this pilot but you get the sense that he's smiling inside is that big enough
1: yeah i get it
0: so i, I definitely check out brooklyn 99 i think it'll fit in really well with new girl and the mindy project and uh, especially like the workplace atmosphere of of brooklyn 99 with mindy project it's just they, they need to just get rid of dads and then you know bring ben and kate back and then we can have brooklyn 99 ben and kate new girl and mindy and that would be an awesome night of tv comedy um and then uh, trophy wife Malin Ackerman we love of course from uh Children's Hospital she's great as the the young third wife of Bradley Woodford i'm very glad to have Bradley Woodford back on my television the there's really unfortunate narration voiceover narration in this pilot that i'm i'm really hoping is going to go away in the second episode but otherwise i like the kids in this i like the 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 family i like the the you know what they do it's it's very family sitcom-y. But it's has interesting, likable, relatable characters in a way that many of these other pilots don't. And just like Malin Ackerman is just so likable and so much fun with all the various you know, cast members, but especially with Bradley Whitford and especially with Marsha Gay Harden, that I think there's a lot of potential there.
1: Yeah, I Malin Ackerman is great. I would really like to see her in a good full length comedy. I mean, she's only ever on Children's Hospital and only then some of the time and only then is she some of the time part of the focus? Uh, I, I especially loved, uh, every time that she got to play the actress on the show, as opposed to the character. I thought that was really where she got to shine. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so hopefully there'll, there'll be more of that. I like Bradley Whitford. I would really like a not crappy sitcom, please.
0: <laughs> Pretty please. Um, and are you going to check out Brooklyn nine, nine, or are you going to oh, skip definitely. that
1: one? I'll definitely watch that. Come on. Mike Schur, Andy Samberg, and, uh, Andre Brower? Yeah, definitely.
0: <laughs> um the next the next most promising is like those two and then Quite a bit of a gap, and then i 'll give it next to the crazy ones, which is on CBS and has Robin Williams being again mostly, much like Andy samberg as as Andy Sandberg as Andy Sandberg is being in brooklyn nine nine Robin Williams is being even more Robin Williams-y uh, in the crazy ones it he is the father, his daughter is Sarah michelle Geller they they run an ad agency the dad founded it, and now the and the daughter is now rising up and assuming an, an equal partnership with him. The, the trouble with the, with this pilot it also has James Woolk. it has a number of other familiar faces that I very much enjoy. but they're, they're taking Sarah Michelle Geller and instead of letting her do comedy uh, let, letting her be funny the way that she often was to great success on Buffy, they're making her the sort of the humorless like harpy shrew like she's filling the shrewish wife role. In this show, as the daughter, and and so that they can let Robin Williams be zany, but he's so heightened and broad, and we've all heard all of these voices before, so his comedy isn't really working for me. At least it's just really kind of grating. And and her self seriousness, and just she's just a complete wet blanket. If they would switch those two and let Williams be more dramatic and nuanced, and let Geller actually have fun and you know, get some humor to play, I think it could be really good. There's a few moments of drama or, like, relationship stuff between the two of them th- that are quieter scenes that I think work very well. And James Wolk is just a joy to watch having fun in this. Uh, so we'll see where it goes, but I think there's potential there if if they don't go... If they don't try to to make it fit in with Big Bang Theory and the other Thursday comedies, if they don't try to make it really broad, I think this actually could be a really promising character-based sh- show.
1: I would really like James woke to be on something successful, uh, but I'm kind of not happy that it, if it's going to be this.
0: Yeah, we'll we'll see. I think he will get a lot more eyes on him. With this, people who haven't been watching Mad Men and certainly didn't watch Lone Star are more likely to find he's really he really shines in the pilot. He's one of the highlights of the pilot, so I think that may help him find more of a of, you know an a audience base. Let's see next. Let's go to kind of harmless but not good, uh, and that's going to be uh, I guess what Sean saves the world, Michael J. Fox show. Uh, the Goldbergs. There seems to be this level of praise for the Michael J. Foxer that I am not getting, other than the fact that we all like Michael J. Fox, and as anyone who listened to our ridiculously long spotlight knows, we love Betsy Brandt. There's a likable cast here, but there again, there's this. I've seen the first three for this one, and there's there's all of this talking directly to camera, but not but it's always really serious and dramatic talking to camera and it's if they would just c- cut out all of that meta commentary and just let it be the family interacting it would be way more successful but this just feels very familiar it feels uh tired and they're not really exploring it's like they're they're hitting the most basic topics you could hit on on a family sitcom instead of really going somewhere unique or or interesting the Obviously, Michael J. Fox, his his character has Parkinson's, and so there's some verisimilitude there. And and there's some really interesting elements to that relationship that feel very specific because of Michael J. Fox's experiences. But it's it's surrounded by this really cliched and seen-it-before family comedy. And I just I hate the voiceover straight-to-camera thing. I was hoping that was going to go away after the pilot, and it didn't in this case. So... Fine, check it out if you like these this this cast. I'm glad Betsy Brand is getting a paycheck um and as well as many of the other people in this cast that I really enjoy. but I don't think it's particularly good.
1: That makes me sad because, yeah, the people involved are just ah, so promising. And Michael J. Fox has had such a great track record of of appearing in stuff in the last four or five years. like actually yeah. kind of amazing. Yeah and yeah
0: yeah also very coming as Sean saves the world which is uh paired with the Michael J Fox show on NBC uh, I I like this pilot a lot more than other people did but I-, but I like the first version of the pilot better than the second version they recast Lindsay Slim with Megan Hilty and when they did that recasting of that best friend role they decided they changed the character quite a bit and so now she's like they met at his wedding and she was a caterer but now she works for his selling stuff online firm and there's no explanation for why she was a caterer and now she does this instead uh they also really they they, they want that character to be like the bitchy best friend and, and she spends almost every scene that Megan Hilty has with the, with Sean Hayes's mom's character They they just spend it being bitchy towards each other and it's not funny it's just sort of Rating and and I want to like Megan Hilty. I thought you know she was fabulous. I really enjoy her in general, even even on Smash. But but really they, they, they really feel like they steered the wrong way. Sean Hayes I think should not be underrated as a sitcom lead. He makes stuff work that really shouldn't. So there's some really dated elements of the show, particularly the music in between scenes that transitions. It feels like a hand-clappy version of the Seinfeld music, which seems very odd in 2013. Um, And there are some really fun elements. It's the best use of Tom Lennon I've seen since Reno 911, and uh, I I loved his scenes in there, and I'm so glad to have Echo Kellum back on my TV, but I I really, I I was hopeful after the pilot. After the second pilot, I'm less certain, and after the other two episodes, unless they steer away from Broad, I don't know if this one's going to work for me.
1: My interest level could not be lower, I don't think, except for some stuff that's, me up in a second.
0: Yeah, Goldberg's it's not funny. We've seen all of this before. The fact that it's in the 80s does not help me. And uh, I like the cast again, this is, I feel like I'm repeating myself a lot. There's a lot of casts here where I like especially maybe one or two people or even just the entire cast and they're wasted. And that's kind of the case in the Goldberg's. It's very broad. I don't really care for it. Same thing for uh, for, oh god, I guess let's go to Mom next. Mom just takes this potentially fascinating premise of a Addict, neglectful mother, who whose daughter is is struggling with sobriety as an alcoholic. Both of them are, are now sober and struggling to stay sober. And the 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 eldest generation is and Jenny. The next generation is Anna Ferris. Both women that I really respect and enjoy the work of. And then Anna Ferris has a couple of kids. The trouble is that they can't decide whether they are going to take the 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 trauma of growing up with an addict parent uh, seriously. And for each generation, you know, because the mom, Anna Ferris was also drunk for the past, like, 10 or 15 years raising her children as well. So there, there's a lot of really interesting things they could do. But instead, half the time they want you to, to disconnect from the reality and the pain of that situation so you can have really broad and relatable, straightforward comedy. And then the other half of the time they want you to take it seriously so that they can get heart heartfelt moments out of it and it's really unfortunate because I like that cast. I think there's a really interesting story there, but it doesn't seem like they're interested in telling that darker and more nuanced story.
1: Yeah. As soon as I saw Anna Faris and Alice and Janney, I was like, yes. And then every other thing I've heard about it since has just been depressing.
0: Yeah. Well we'll see if they can get it figured out. Uh for for let's see, I guess what's left? Super Oh, Hello Ladies, I guess, on hbo. Haven't seen any of this uh, the people who have started out very optimistic and then watched three or four episodes and are now, now no longer. So we'll see how that does, but I, I haven't really seen it. Um, super Fun Night. It take You take a really funny person and then you give her a really unfunny character. The three central f- characters in this, these three best friends, are some of the least real. They make the geeks on Big Bang Theory seem like realistic, on- honest portrayals of what nerdy people are like when you see the, the what they've come up with for Super Fun Night. These women have never existed. And it's really... They make them incredibly pathetic, but don't manage to make them likable, relatable, or funny enough to make the show really work. And then you add in some unfortunate humor, air quotes, on top of that. But it still, it still manages to be less... Trouble, troublesome. Then back in the game, which stars Maggie Lawson, who I'm sure will be back on Psych for the last season, uh, as the daughter of a somewhat alcoholic, but they don't want to use drop the A bomb, uh, minor league ball player uh, James Con, and th- th- it turns into a bad news bears kind of thing, but. It just it's really it's the kind of show where the middle school son uh has a bully and guess what? The dad of the bully is the bully for the the mom, the Maggie Lawson character. He's a dick and his name is Dick. And I wonder if he's gonna yeah. turn into a love interest before the end. Huh. So it's just like it's really cliched and kinda terrible and Everybody involved should just go back to doing other things instead. And that same thing is true of dads, which is as bad as everybody's saying. It's not as offensive as everybody is saying because it's not good enough to be offensive. Right,
1: yeah. You you need a level of investment to be offended.
0: Yeah, and it's just... it's. They they do manage that, like I said in my review. There's a level of inventiveness to managing to fit in ageism, sexism, and misogyny into one sentence, which they manage to do a couple times. Unfortunately, it's not funny, and it's a waste of everybody's talents. The less said about this, the better. So I'm just going to leave it there. Just don't don't watch dads. And it occurs to me I did skip two other pilots, so I will quickly say that the Millers uh, has Beau Bridges and Margot Martindale. I really wish it gets canceled quickly so that Margot Martindale can go back to the Americans. Both of them actually are fabulous on Masters of Sex, both of those actors, but instead on the Millers we have they're married, they're maybe getting divorced, and one lives with the daughter and one lives with the son. Hijinks Sue it's tired. It's not funny. It's not as offensive or or bad as other things, but it's also not good. Welcome to the family. You have two high schoolers. They graduate. The they're they're secretly dating. The boy is Latino, and he's the valedictorian. The girl skated through high school just barely, just barely graduated, and um, she's she's very white and blonde, and uh, <laughs> and she winds up pregnant. So they decide they're gonna get married because it's true love. And then there's a culture clash as the families come together. And can they can they make it all work? Guess what? The dads butt heads, and the moms are very understanding and supportive. It's it's not good. It's a waste of everybody's talent. And to go from Michael O'Malley last season unjustified to this is just kind of it crushes your soul.
1: And I have to imagine, like with with, with people like Marco Martindale, Michael Malley, it has to be depressing for them too, right? Like,
0: hey, they're buying a house.
1: It's true, but still though.
0: Yeah, I, we'll see. Uh, it would be very nice if they could end up, you know, if, if they can have some, some even if these shows become hits, which I don't expect, but even if they did last a second season, maybe they'll be able to do something interesting during the summer and that will recharge their soul. Enough. Yeah. Oh, there is one more. We Are Men. If Guys With Kids wasn't bro enough for you, uh, because men, real men, don't you know have babies or any responsibility. Then, then check out We Are Men. That's I feel like that's enough said there.
1: Ugh, God. Okay, so
0: of all this various drak and some some highlights, what are you gonna check out?
1: Uh, Masters of Sex, Brooklyn Nine Nine, probably Trophy Wife. Uh, oh, we did, we 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 managed to skip over Lucky Seven in the dramas, by the way.
0: Oh wow! Uh, seven people win the lottery. Halfway interesting, halfway cliched. We'll see which direction they steer in, but I'm not hopeful based okay. on that.
1: That's unfortunate. It is a good premise. Um, so, yeah, uh, Masters of Sex. I'll watch uh, Hello, Ladies, at least the pilot for sure, because I like Stephen Merchant, but I'm not expecting a whole lot just based on what I've heard. Um, other than that, I'll watch Sleepy Hollow at some point probably. Uh, I don't know if there's anything else.
0: Yeah, glancing through the week in TV, like kind of day by day, there's very few time slots where I'm actually concerned about shows competing, except, of course, Sunday, which is the entire day. Um, but uh, yeah, there's Tuesday, there's some good stuff going on. I'm not really that interested in Wednesday, except for maybe American Horror Story and the comedies, of course. And uh, yeah, it really is all coming down to mostly Sunday.
1: Yeah, and even then, it's mostly going to be the shows we already like.
0: Yeah, for the most part. Not really the new shows. And as the, the mid season shows start happening, we will, you know, talk about those a bit more. But for now, we've been going on long enough. It's been a very long podcast. Let's go to some show notes.
1: Yes, let's do that.
0: Our right, Outro music is Sweet Petite by the Bicycles. We have a post up at soundonsite.org where you can leave us comments. Let us know what you think of the, the coming uh, fall season. Also, this ridiculously awesome episode of Breaking Bad. And you can also find us in iTunes. We would love any feedback there. Rating review would be very nice. We have an MP3 unchaptered feed as well as an M4A chaptered feed. So you can skip around to only the shows you want to hear about. We're in Facebook Unfortunately, with all these premieres and stuff, there's too much going on for for the make Kate watch stuff poll. As things start calming down, I will bring that back for the next few weeks. That's on a hiatus, but you can follow everything that's going down at Sound On Site TV by by liking us on Facebook. You can also reach us on Twitter. I am at the Teliverse. You are
1: at Sucker Howell,
0: and of course, you can always. Email us, theteleverse at gmail.com. Simon, what's our question of the week?
1: Uh, Well, I guess, is there anything that's new that people are actually excited about? I'll be curious about that. That, Sorry, and Masters of Sex is not an acceptable answer.
0: (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Let us know what you think and uh, what you're most looking forward to. And then check out the coverage at Simon's site to see if we're already covering it. So uh, thank you, uh, everyone, for listening. We will be back next week with another episode of The Televerse.